Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. All right, don't forget, you can uh, listen and you can watch in many different ways. Good old-fashioned ESPN 1000, always there for you, or 100.3. HD2 on the FM side, crystal clear. Got quite a presentation from the good kid there for the last 25 minutes. Oh, yes, you did. And crystal clear HD. Or you can download that ESPN Chicago app wherever you go, whether you're here and you like to listen that way on your phone or uh, wherever you travel. You can listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. Download that to your phone. Um, Or you can now watch. Someone was just uh, very complimentary. The graphics on YouTube and our YouTube page, spectacular. And uh, I was just talking to the boys, Eric and Brendan, who run that. And uh, they are upgrading the YouTube page as we speak. Um, they got really good stuff in the hopper for that as well. They've done a fine job. Yeah. So uh, YouTube and then uh, it's the ESPN Chicago page. Make sure you subscribe to that. You can watch us live there. Catch up on all the interviews. The Adam Schefter interview and conversation is there. Mike Lombardi from yesterday, Will Bond, and Jeff Passan will be there after we talk to him. Or you can watch live as well on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. I love talking to Passan about baseball, and we'll do that. But I've always loved talking to Jeff Passan about his favorite football team. I believe he's a season ticket holder for the Kansas City Chiefs. I was at the game when they played the Bears, and we weren't able to connect in person, but he was there to tailgate and to watch that game. Unfortunately, the Chiefs just crushed the Bears. It wasn't much of a game. So he, like, I, I look at him and I say, that's a, that's a Chiefs super fan right there. And le- uh, so I said, I was texting with him, and I said, why aren't you going to the Super Bowl? And then he was, like, belly aching about the cost. Well, it is quite expensive. I said he could write it off by, like, doing a story about the now Vegas A's or the soon-to-be Vegas A's. More immediate. How about just expensing it so maybe you get that expense reimbursement yeah. back sooner than... Bristol, right. Yeah. That's a good way to go through the back door. So uh, Jeff Passon joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. What's going on, Mr. Chief Superfan? Well, 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 it turns out that uh, somebody uh, somebody hooked me up, and I will be leaving for Las Vegas on Friday. Wow. Oh, look at you. Wow. Look Did at you shoot. take our advice? Um, no, I no. didn't take it's, your advice. So, you know what? That's safer. <laughs> it's safer when you don't take our advice on a number of different topics, Jeff. It, uh, by the way, that, that Bears-Chiefs game to which you were referring, yeah. um, I don't leave games early. Um, that's just I, I find it to, to be a, uh, not going to say an abhorrent thing to do, but I feel like sticking around till the end is, is the right thing to do. We left that game in the third quarter because my sister-in-law, Amy, was, uh, who was a big Bears fan, was so appalled by what was happening on the field. She could not bear to watch another minute. And, and, so. thank, and thanks to many Chiefs fans, too. So, uh, you know, I worked the game. I do halftime, and I joined my family, my wife, my two young sons were at the game. We had the last row of the upper deck, and if you remember, it was a very hot day that day in the sun. Oh, yeah. It's very hot in that upper deck. Thanks to all the Chiefs fans who left that game so early, 
at the start of the fourth <laughs> quarter, we had first row behind the, the goalposts. So That's even beautiful. though it was a blowout, we at least got to watch an NFL game for a quarter in the first row behind the goalposts. Some Bears fans were actually invited onto the field to actually put on the gear and play against the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah. And I mean, listen, we advertised that game even going into it as a get-right game for the Chiefs because it, uh, you know better than anybody. They started the season losing to the Lions, and then they squeaked by the, the Jags, so we just felt we'd do you a solid and bring the Bears to town. Much obliged. No I problem. You guys are getting Caleb anyway, so it's fine. Life is good. Is that is that what you think? Like, we were asking everyone's opinion on this. We had a detailed conversation with Shefty yesterday. As someone who's a football fan, you cover baseball for a living. Is that what you would think the Bears should do? Yeah. I, 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 listen, I don't think Justin Fields is a – like, I think he's an NFL quarterback. I think he's going to have a, a decade-long career in the league. I just think that with Justin Fields, you need to surround him with too much. Uh, with Caleb Williams, not only is it plug-and-play – uh, but the ceiling is incredibly high, and I think the floor there is high, too. And when you can get a quarterback, you know, to me, Justin Fields was high ceiling, you know, questionable floor. When you can get a high floor quarterback who also has a high ceiling, I'm sorry, you can't pass that up. There's no other sport that's like the NFL where one person, one position sets up so much of everything else. You know in the NFL, if you do not have a good quarterback, you will never win, period. End of story. And, like, at at worst, you need an above-average quarterback. And I think that's, you know, when you look at Flacco and, uh, you know, when you look at Eli Manning, these these were, like, above-average, slightly above-average guys. And maybe Fields could be that, but there's so much more that needs to be there. With, With Williams... I'm not going to say that he's Pat Mahomes because no one is Pat Mahomes. No. But if you have a guy who you know is going to be good and has a chance to be great, you get him because that opportunity may not come along again. How has this se- How have you consumed this season and felt about this season? Because there was a moment where it was a little bit rocky and you didn't know that ultimately you were going to get to this point. Has this one been more enjoyable they're all enjoyable when Mahomes is your quarterback, right? Like that—that's that, the thing I come back to. Even a even a down season, quote unquote, for for the Chiefs, you still get to watch Pat do his thing. And you know, the reason the Chiefs are so successful is majority Patrick Mahomes, uh, but that they've gone out and gotten Trent McDuffie in the draft yep. and Legereus Sneed in the draft and Nick Bolton in the draft and George Karloftis in the draft and, you know, signing a guy like Charles Amenahu who's going to be out for the Super Bowl but was awesome this year and watching a guy like Mike Dana develop uh, and, and having the, the stability there from Chris Jones and seeing a seventh-round pick and Isaiah Pacheco turn into a monster. Uh, the Chiefs win – because of Patrick Mahomes and the cast of characters that Brett Veach has surrounded him with. And they are, they are, I think, the model organization right now, not just because of their quarterback, but because of all of those other things that they've done so well. And so I, I try to enjoy every moment that this team is good because I know we're always just one knee injury away from it being not so good. Jeff, Jeff Passon joining us. Um, our friend obviously covers baseball for ESPN, but we like to – Talked to him 
about the Chiefs as he's going to the Super Bowl on Friday. Uh, are you able to, like, someone who is so um, detailed on covering a sport like you do with baseball, are you able to be a fanboy when it comes to the Chiefs and Mahomes? I wasn't for a long time. Now, you guys have to remember, I grew up in Cleveland, and so I had my fair share of sporting heartbreak. And as somebody uh, who the, the rigors of the job of a marriage, uh, of children, of all of the things that can, like, waylay you in life, I try to avoid things that bring me stress and pain otherwise. And sporting fandom, that's pretty much the definition of it. As much joy as we have as sports fans, ultimately, if your team doesn't win a championship, you are going to have that heartbreaking, gut-wrenching moment uh, at least once during the year. And I just try to avoid those. So I was not, I, I, you know, I love sports. I love the games. I love the personalities. I love everything about it. But I was not rooting for a team for a long time. Uh, and then my kid fell in love with the Chiefs, and uh, I wanted to be there to see it through his eyes. And now you'll wear a, a shirt slash jersey that has Taylor Swift's face on the front and Travis Kelsey's number and name on the back for the game, right? <laughs> Uh, it is. I'm picking it up from the shop tomorrow. Perfect. Uh, Are you a Swifty? Really... No. Okay. I'm not anti Taylor Swift. I'm just more an Olivia Rodrigo guy. Oh, okay. Oh, very correct. Right. <laughs> uh, like you haven't you haven't raged against it though, have you? No. God, no. Anyone who does needs to take a look in the mirror, ask yourself why, and then when you can't come up with a good answer, realize that it's just misplaced idiocy, stupidity, polarization, and ridiculousness. Uh, two people are maybe in love, falling in love, having a good time with their lives. Why do you care? Like, seriously, why do you care? It has nothing to do with you. And if they can find some happiness, then you should be happy for them, too. Like, this is this is such a non-story. It's such a stupid thing. If you get angry at CBS or Fox or NBC or ESPN, depending on what night it is, having a camera shot of Taylor Swift on the screen for five seconds at a time, reevaluate things, please. <laughs> Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah I mean, it makes no sense to have angst over over that situation. Uh, happy, more happy, less unhappy. I mean, it's a, it's like a pretty easy thing to follow, a pretty good principle to have. Yeah, sure. like hey, you uh, know, with that be, in be mind, positive. it's 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 the thing. It's the thing I try to teach my kids. You know, like negativity is easy. Negativity is so easy. Yeah, do the, do, do the opposite. Work a little harder. And find the good in things. Uh, the negativity is also very easy if you're a White Sox fan. When you watch Bobby Witt Jr. sign a $290 million contract and your highest paid guy in the history of your organization is Andrew Benintendi at $75 million. What the F is going on? I think what's going on is that the, the reality of the economics of baseball are finally revealing themselves. These teams have always been capable of of paying superstar money to superstar players. And I don't, Bobby Witt's not even a superstar, right? Bobby Witt's just a really, really good young player who has a chance to develop into something extremely special. And I, I think the Royals, we, we have to understand the context a little bit here. The Royals want a new stadium, and it's going up for a vote April 2nd. And so they're spending this offseason 
was, I think, in, if not in large part, then certainly motivated by the idea that this team, uh, when compared to its, you know, across the parking lot brethren, looks like second fiddle and that they haven't been successful and that they haven't spent money. And I think John Sherman, the owner here, understood that uh, if he wants that, uh, that tax, which is three-eighths of a cent in Jackson County, which is Kansas City, Missouri, if he wants that tax to be voted through, then he needs to put his money where his mouth is, and that's precisely what he's done in right. signing Michael Waka and Seth Lugo uh, and, and Hunter Renfro and Chris Stratton. But more than that, making sure that all of the fans around the city can buy a jersey that they know they're not going to have to put in the back of their closet to collect dust two or three years down the road. Uh, ESPN Baseball Insider Jeff Passan joining us, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. What are the White Sox doing? Are they resetting? Are they rebuilding? Are they stuck in the middle? How do you evaluate? Uh, if this isn't a rebuild, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, like they, look, Dylan Cease may not move before opening day. I think less likely than than likely at this point. But uh, if if by, you know, Early August, he is not in another uniform. I will be shocked. And and then Luis Robert, it's just a, a question of value at that point. You know, general managers, uh, Chris gets included, need to ask themselves, how can I maximize the players that I've got? Now, that depends where you are in your life cycle. If you are trying to win, if you are harboring contention, then it's no question. It's going to be in your uniform. But, you know, uh, with the case of a guy like Cease, He's, you know, going to be a year and a half at the deadline from free agency. And so it makes sense at that point. With Luis Robert, it's a little bit different because you've got him for four years if you exercise both of those options, which, you know, at $20 million a year, absolute no-brainers. You've got him for four years at this point. Are you really going to get more if you move him right now than you would if you do it two years down the road? It's not a whole lot more. And when you're talking about a guy who's going to be producing, you know, easy $30, 40 $50 million in value for your team, and you're paying him only 12 and a half, it's a no-brainer to keep him around, if, if for no other reason than to try and look like a, a facsimile of a big league team. Um, th- this year, to me, for the Chicago White Sox, is about figuring out who of the 200 or so players in this organization is going to be here three and five years down the road. Which of these guys that we have right now are we seeing the right types of steps from to think that when we are back in contention, which is an inevitability, it's going to happen, we just don't know how fast. But uh, when we are back in contention, who are going to be those foundational pieces? And, and what do we need from our minor league system? You know, is Colson Montgomery going to be the guy that we think he is? Uh, and is Brian Ramos going to be the answer at third base long term? And, you know, we, we can keep going through guys all day, but uh, the system's not great right now. The depth of the organization has been awful. And uh, what they've done, you know, at the deadline last year and this offseason, I think, is set themselves up with a lot more guys that they can evaluate, see if they might be the right types of people that they want on this team down the road when they are back in contention. Jeff, before we switch to discussing the team on the north side, what what is the ultimate destiny of Tim Anderson? I mean, we we still are kind of 
just scratching our head as to how quickly that all turned here in Chicago. I mean, I think it's a one-year, you know, eight to ten million dollar deal, and he plays second base, and they hope that. Tim Anderson, who hit 300 or better for four consecutive years, who made a couple of all-star teams and won a silver slugger, is going to show up again. Um, you know, I, the White Sox at this point, I think, should just be glad that they didn't sign him to a, you know, one of the big boy extensions right. uh, after, you know, after those years in which he hit 300. I know the power is sort of especially since the COVID season, the power has gone down and down. Last year was just a, a complete mess. But there there are teams out there that see him as being salvageable, as being a productive big league player again. They just don't see it at uh, a price that I think Anderson wants to settle for at this point. But at, at some point, you know, we're a week from spring training. We're a week from pitchers and catchers, guys. And at some point, uh, you know, you, you got to go and, and you got to just swallow it and say, hey, what I don't make this year, uh, I need to make sure I earn going forward by having the type of season that I need to have. And, you know, you're starting on the wrong foot if you're not in spring training on opening or on, on the day pitchers and catchers report. Like that's that's just slowing yourself down there potentially. And for some guys, it's, it's a risk worth taking. It's understandable because the money, is, you know, the delta between what they're asking and what clubs are offering right now is enormous. And you can bridge that. With, with Tim Anderson, it's going to be a one-year deal. So there's not going to be a ton of wiggle room at this point. All right, so I made a bet with Jesse about Cody Bellinger. Jesse is starting to believe that he's going to be elsewhere. I still think the Cubs and and him are destined to sign some sort of a deal. Who do you think wins dinner? Oh, man. I'm probably leaning Jesse at this point. Wow. But... But this is listen. This is not an. Uh, th- this is not something that's coming from me being particularly informed on what's going to happen right now. This is me trying to read tea leaves, and I just feel like the Toronto Blue Jays need Cody Bellinger more than the Cubs do, and I, I think they they understand. You know, Jed, Jed Hoyer's he's going to be fine. Um, you know, there's there's a, been a lot of consternation. Up in Toronto, especially after you know the the way the Otani situation played out, it was just a spectacular mess. And the you know pursuing Yoshinobu Yamamoto, they you know they weren't even close. Um, and and they've they've made a couple moves this off season, but it's certainly not the kinds of moves that are going to take you from a team that's on the cusp of playoff contention to one that's handily going to be in. And so uh, I, I think the, you know, the need is more acute in Toronto than it is with the, with the Cubs, but the relationship with the Cubs is there and it's real. And I, I think one thing we know about Jed Hoyer at this point, uh, he's got a price in mind and he will be willing to pay it and be aggressive in that regard, but he's not going to go chasing something. And I, I think right now I don't blame him for one second because the leverage it feels like is with teams at this point. And, and what players have, their talent, is a very compelling thing. And all it takes is one injury to change a team's calculus. 
but uh, you know we're at the point right now where nobody's gotten hurt and where there's no obvious glaring need and so if we're just looking at who you know who would benefit the most, I think Toronto over over Chicago. I understand what you're saying about Jed Hoyer will be just fine. They have prospects. They have they have a young team yeah. uh, that could come of age in the next year or two. But if they yeah. don't re-sign Bellinger to a team that like was in the mid 80s, the lower 80s in win total last year, and then. Uh, my nightmare is coming true then that they're just relying on the manager to get better. Like they've, they've made a move here or there, but they really haven't gone to work to really improve the team year over year from last year. I mean, Imanaga's an upgrade, is he not? Sure, but like how, how big of an upgrade? Do we don't know. Like that, that's a big, yeah. you know, that's a big transition, as you know. I, th- I think Maris is an upgrade, too, but you're losing a guy in Bellinger who was a five-win player last year, and I don't think Imanaga and Naris is quite equivalent to that. Now, you can argue that, uh, you know, Nico Horner might take a step forward this year, that PCA is going to be really good in center field, uh, defensively, certainly, and that if the bat's there at all, um, it, he's not going to be Bellinger, but he could be bellinger light in terms of production, and... Uh, that they that they also have my that that all this being said by the way, um, I do think the Cubs are going to sign one of the four Boris guys. Mm. And, and who are I the think, other the other three? The Chapman's one of them, correct? Yeah, Matt Chapman's one of them. Blake Snell's one of them. Jordan Montgomery's one of them. And it, it, it just it, you know, I I think with Bellinger they don't want to go seven or eight years. They don't want to go you know. 200 plus million dollars and if the price comes down on that if they could do a shorter term deal if they could do something uh with opt-outs then yeah maybe it becomes more attractive to them but i don't think the desperation is necessarily there the same way that it is with the blue jays and here's what i mean by that obachette's free agent in two years vladimir guerrero jr is a free agent in two years their window is closing the cubs is just opening and so patience I, I don't mind patience in this case, and I'm not suggesting that they sacrifice the 2024 season in service of 25, 26, and beyond. But what I'm saying is if they don't go and do something massive this off season, I don't know that it's a lost off season necessarily. It's interesting. Yep. Uh, Jeff, enjoy the uh, Super Bowl. Um, you deserve it, and uh, we always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Pleasure is always mine, boys. Have a good one. There you go. Jeff Passon, super fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's going. He's, he's going, going to the game. Yes. Good for Friday. him. He leaves on Friday. Uh, it's a good team to be a super fan of. Oh. Isn't it? One day, don't you want us to have people calling us saying, hey, what's it like to be the super fan well, of the Bears? Well, if you're Jeff, you're also like, ah, if I don't go to this Super Bowl, I'll go to next year's. Or maybe the one after that. Or maybe the one after that. Pretty Mahomes good one to go 28, to, though. 28, 29. In Vegas? Oh, yeah. And, and they're saying that this is going to be a rotation now. Oh, it should this be. This is in the rotation. Listen, I don't care what Mike Wilbon says. Oh, I do. I love him dearly. But if when the Bears build their stadium, they're getting a Super Bowl. They're getting one. They yeah. won't be in the rotation the way that Vegas no, will no. and others will, but they're getting a they're Super getting Bowl. They're getting one. Of course they are. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Big Cat's going to join us from Vegas at 4 o'clock. Uh, a lot of football to discuss. We're moving Waddle's world now with a later start to 4.30. So you're going to get that in its entirety at 4.30. If you want to talk to us, 
888-900-3776. That's the phone number. Adam Schefter made big news. A lot of national shows were playing. What he had to say about Caleb Williams and Justin Fields on our show. If you missed it, we'll play you some of that. And Mike Lombardi, as Shane Norling put it, came out swinging with haymakers at Cap. We'll, uh, we'll replay that if you David. missed it. Cut you, David. Coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Mike Lombardi, I know you're a man of strong opinions, so I want to play you something one of our other hosts said about you. So this is David Kaplan, who's done a radio show in this town for many, many years. He was very pissed at you about your take on Montez Sweat earlier this year. They had already discussed the parameters of a contract before he made the trade. He knew the price going in. He was comfortable with said price, so he traded for him. It took them exactly six days to get his contract done, period. And Atlanta thought they were getting him, and they had already discussed the parameters of a a contract. He was never getting the free agency. So whatever this thick-headed idiot named Mike Lombardi continues to say, he shows you each day that he's dumber than the day before. Damn! That's not nice. That's it not nice. Represent us well, well. Let me say. Yeah. Let me say this: If David would like to talk about football, about anything that's related to football, I'd be more than happy to talk to him because I think, having worked for Walsh, Belichick, and Al Davis, that my football knowledge is well far ahead of David. Now, what I said very clearly was, I would have waited the free agency because Atlanta. Okay, he claims Atlanta was going to trade away a second round pick. I'm not so sure about that. He claims Atlanta was going to pay it. That's the rhetoric that's out there. My point was never Sweat wasn't a good player. My point was why give up an asset when you can get him in free agency? Now, he claims he would have never made it to free agency. Okay, you can claim that. All right, you can claim that. But I find it hard to believe that Atlanta, who was going to go through a coaching change, was going to do something like that. It's not in their norm to do it. But look, Kaplan's entitled to his opinion. He certainly is. This is America. But when you talk about knowledge of football and you talk about things and he wants to call me an idiot, then let's go in a room and let's talk about all the X's and O's. Let's talk about the game itself. Let him read my book, Gridiron Genius, read my book, Football Done Right, and we'll see who's smarter when it comes to the game of football. He's got a platform in Chicago. They're all Bear fans. I'm sure he was fully supportive of Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, he, he was. was playing there. <laughs> he was. Okay? He was. So let's go back there. And I know he was. Okay? I know he was. Okay? But we're not going to bring that up because that genius with an eraser erased all that. Okay. My favorite part, which is I advise people to listen to all of it, was better yet. Maybe I should read my book to him. Oh, that was that was a genius plug. Yeah, yeah it was. That, that, that's yes. the way to plug a book no, right he's, there. He's a professional. It's, I, I still don't agree with Lombardi. No, I thought, uh, I, I thought on Cap, Montez Sweat. I thought Cap's logic made sense. Yeah. You know, I'm not except you know, the name calling. Yeah, I'm not into the name calling, the thick-headed idiot conversation. That, that I don't think that serves any purpose. But um, like, look, I I had never really thought, though, about what Lombardi said, what Mike said about the Falcons, whether or not. But at that point, I don't know that they are locked into firing Arthur Smith at that moment. No, it, but they kept their, didn't they keep their general manager? Th- I think they did. Yeah, yeah. So the GM who trades for him, is, you don't give up what you're going to give up and not sign Montez right. Sweat. Yeah, or I else, think, or I else think. is a fail.
I think Cap's logic, well, I, I agree with Cap's logic. I, I mean, and if you don't trade for him, I don't know that I, I, I believe somebody else would have traded for him. And I believe somebody else would have signed him to an extension. And I believe he wouldn't have gotten to free agency. And then you wouldn't have had an opportunity to bid for his services. So on th- that portion of it, I, I agreed with Cap's logic. Uh, I, I, he, he needs some an- anger management The, classes, the, the research that Lombardi did, I don't know if he did research, if he knew about it. And then I was just thinking about the eraser comment. I don't know if that, if he knows exactly what he was talking about. But not only did Cap love Trubisky, but he was also the one when he did the mea culpa on Trubisky... He erased the tape. Do you remember this? I don't remember. Where, no, Did he you, physic- you, physically erase it? Don't you remember where it was banned audio, where we were not allowed to play well, it? I don't remember, remember banned that? audio, but was it well, also erased? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he technically made it where he told Black we weren't allowed to play it anymore. That's when Chris was on the show. Well, Chris was still on that show. And Chris forbid him from playing that audio ever again. And then we got wind of it. And, of course, you know me. That's when... When I was going at it with Cap, and I like you, you tell me not to play something, and I was going to play it, but, but like, I he, owe every single yeah, human being, dog, cat, bird, goldfish, and every other creature on God's green earth an apology, including like, Michael Buck. No, that, that was erased for a while. So did Lombardi know that, or did he just no, luck didn't. into the eraser comment? I think that was just dumb luck. I, I'm not dumb. I'm not using. Uh, I'm not name calling. Yeah, I'm not, idiot yeah I, I don't want to go there. I would say that fortunate, good use of his words. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's talking about erasing the memory, I think he just kind of lucked into it. How about that? We'll use that that phrase. So that, that the entire interview you can get on YouTube, ESPN Chicago, or um, of course on the ESPN Chicago app. Funny, but I am I am Team Cap on the Montez Sweat logic. Yeah, I was skeptical when they first traded for him. I was proven wrong. Um, I thought the way they turned out to handle it and and lock him up, and the way he performed. More importantly, it's exactly the way Ryan Poles envisioned, and you you score that move in A. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I thought Cap's logic was was spot on. Like that, that's one where if I'm Lombardi, I say, look. It, it, Score, you, you, you got to say it like like I just did. Score one for Ryan Poles. Like, I was a skeptic when that first happened. And if you're Lombardi, don't you have to give credit to Poles, too? Doesn't sound like it. No, it doesn't. Doesn't sound like it. So, um, and then, I thought also when he said, let us go into a room, I thought he was going to say, well, and we'll wrestle. But he said, no, we'll talk it out. No, they want a football off. Yeah. He wants to have, like, a, should we I think do- they should wrestle. Oh, no. They're too I think old. they're comparable age. Someone's going to have a heart attack. Hold on. When, when, so, old man wrestling? Who wins that? You know both. I think Cap's probably spent more time kind of getting himself or staying in shape than Mike. So he's probably got, so he's got Cap by what, two, three, eight years? Isn't Cap 61? 60, 61? The same age class. I think Cap's probably spent more time working on his, you know, his conditioning. Put that on the poll. Uh, if if we would offer a charity wrestling match between Mike Lombardi and David Kaplan, David, would you would you attend? I'm not going to buy a ticket that to that on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Are we going no. Greco Roman here or uh, or WWE style? I think you'd would. Real... I think it'd be more entertaining to listen and yell at each other yeah, versus like the cutting even the wrestle. promos between the two. They actually might excel at that, like yeah. a football debate. 
Like you get them in a in a room in a theater and you have a football debate, a football no, off. No, I want go. I want them cutting wrestling promos, thirty second clips, calling each other idiots, and they go back and forth. And we draw this out up until free agency. That's next fine, year's. but there will be no wrestling because that that's not going to. Well, go yeah, well. but half the fun of actual okay, you know fine. WWE style is, is the, the promo cutting. Yeah. yeah, okay, and hoodie. As Cap's partner could coach up Cap a little bit. He this could be Mean Gene Okerlund, and he oh, could be yeah. actually oh, the is. person. Would I love this. This yeah. is fantastic. They don't actually wrestle; they just cut the promos and call each other idiots. I hope Shay's already reached out to Mike's people. Yeah, that was the other thing. Cap, I guess, has been tweeting Lombardi, asking him to come on, and Lombardi says he doesn't check his mentions, but he knew that he was tweeting him. That was awfully weird, too. I thought they had called and left a message well, on no, his voicemail. Shay, no. Shay has texted him before, and he's gotten left on red. Unread or no, on, on red? On red. What, what does that, that mean? mean? So on red. <laughs> Explain it to you him, You know Tyler. how there's the uh, read receipts where like, sometimes you'll text someone. You have to turn them on yourself, but you'll text someone, and it says... Sort of like the other It shows you cognito time. thing that Carm's got an no, issue with. Very this dope. shows you that how so, old Mike Lombardi is because he still has... He's still 64. Has ...read yeah. receipts on. He's 64. So, so that someone it's knows... You. It's unread? No, no, no. It's on, he left it on red. Which he means... left them on red. So basically... He has, Shay has sent like, hey, can you come on the show? So blah, he blah, read blah. them. And he read it. It says like read and then it respond. gives the time and then yes. didn't respond. And oh. Mike, Mike Lombardi is. That's a faux pas. Yeah, but Lombardi's older, so he doesn't really care that his text, people who are, people who send him texts are aware that he's reading their text yes. and not responding. You yeah, never want care. someone to know when you're reading their text. Correct. It's probably, yeah. No upside to it, really. Why? What is? I mean, because what's the downside? You're on a timer. You can only look like a douche. Exactly. If you're not responding to someone's text immediately after you read it, then you know you read their text and you feel they're not good enough to respond to it. Well, what's the difference if they do that or they see that you sent them a text and they don't even open it up because they don't want to address it either? Well, you can pretend like you didn't read it. Well, well, in but, a timely but, fashion. But, but like what? I mean, if you check your phone, you saw that somebody texted you. You could always say, look, I was Plausible, really busy. Got plausible got deniability. Well, yeah, you could say the same thing. I read your text, shuffle. but I didn't have time. Something came up, and then I got busy, and then I didn't. Boy, these there are a lot of rules with regard to interacting <laughs> Yeah, you better catch up, old man. Jeez. But there's always been that. Like, you know, back in the day about dating, you get a phone number. How long do you wait before you call them? There was always, like, this sort of stuff, even before What technology. is standard now? Like, what is standard five protocol? Days. Five days? Oh, get out of I'm here. Kidding. Five I'm days. I'm kidding. What that's, is the old I mean, sw- that's the old swingers line. But I think... Tyler, what was it? When you met your girlfriend... You can't uh, hide How long did you wait? And did you text her first, or did you call her? No, text. Well, um, see, things are different now. Back yeah. in the day, like, when in high school and college, we didn't have cell phones. So you texted was- her, you didn't even call her. No. Why, why would you call them? Sup. Is that what you said? Sup. Yeah, if you just want to talk yeah. to someone, you, you just text Sup. them. You up? Uh, I didn't hit them with the you up, but... Um, no, What's the cheesiest like, response you could have sent? The cheesiest thing I could have said? Yeah, like where she would have completely did what Mike Lombardi did, read it and didn't respond. Read it and didn't respond. Honestly, you up is probably up there. You up? Like, at that point, it's so... Especially if you cliche. send it at, like, so what, 3.30 in the afternoon? Point, yeah. You yeah. up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you dumb send ass. It at like, I'm at work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you send it at three thirty, I yeah. think Shay should send that to Mike Lombardi you next. Up? You, you up? up? 
There you go. Uh, and they Get wake Shay on the You know what? They wake up so early. I'll Shay, be with Shay tomorrow. First thing in the morning, Sylvie, have Shay send Lombardi a text you up at like 4 a.m. You up? <laughs> He's well, in it'll Vegas. Be, it, it'll, I was going to say, it'll only be 1 a.m. there. Why, why That's what I'm saying. Why don't you guys try to get Lombardi again tomorrow when Cap fills in for me? Cap is a mensch. He did me a solid. Braxton's got a, a concert, a, a school concert. And he said to me, he goes, Daddy, are you coming to my concert? And, and I'm like, I've missed so many of these that I'm finally like, I got to go to one of these. And it's at like 5. So... I have an auto show appearance at 11. Cap, who is supposed to be off tomorrow, is working on his day off to bail me out, and I'm filling in in the morning with Hoodie. So yeah, we can definitely why see if Mike Lombardi see, wants to come back on the show and have a why conversation don't we, Why with don't Cam. we double back and see if Lombardi then can have a football off with Cap tomorrow in our time slot? I'll put the request in. Yeah. See if it will, if Send it, it to Mike. Tell him he could read a page of his book to Cap tomorrow. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> like, Do a pick, little audio pick, book. Yeah, pick and a page, him, a passage. We'll promote the book, and he can read it to Cap on the air. Tell him that, tell, tell Lombardi to tell Cap that he can read it slow to him as well. About a little... <laughs> <laughs> I thought the best line Lombardi had was, tell him to read my book. Better yet, I'll read it to him. Oh, so good. So good. good. Barstool Big Cat coming up at 4 o'clock, and Adam Schefter weighs in on compensation for both a Bears-Caleb Williams trade and a Bears-Justin Fields trade. That's next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Do you believe they would get a second-round pick for Justin Fields? Definitely. Definitely? I, definitely. I think, I think they might get a one. Really? I do, yeah. Question is from who? Who would give them a one? Like, it's not going to be one of the teams drafting in the top ten. If there was a line on this in Vegas, I'd put money on no. Not a one. I've always floated to you, like, if they do get a one, would it be a 2025 one? Now, that's, yeah, okay, maybe that's different. I was considering it in the upcoming draft. That may be the Aaron Rodgers I, deal that the Jets made based on snaps. Yeah. yeah, like if he plays 75% of the snaps, it could turn into a one next year. I would still be very surprised with that. Would the Bears be willing to risk that where they don't get the compensation immediately, but it could be a one next year if he plays... And if not, it would be a two in 2025. Oh, yeah, I think so. And then that way they get two twos from one from Carolina and one from the team that they trade Justin to. Because remember, they get yeah. Carolina's 2025 second round pick. I think they'd do that. So, and then they would weigh to see if another team is offering them a. Shefty's got the same context, it sounds like, as Mel. Mel was the first one that said that, you know, maybe one of those. I was looking at some mock drafts today as well and came to my own conclusion that maybe the Patriots would be a team that would jump into this conversation as well. Like, if they're not interested, I saw a draft where they they didn't, whoever it was, I forget who it was, didn't have them drafting the a athletic. quarterback. It was, was the, it the athletic. athletic? Yeah, yeah, Dane Brugler's Brugler, latest mock. Yeah. He had him taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, maybe they would. Who's their, who's their OC now? 
They get Alex Van Pelt. Yes. 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 Good call. From Cleveland. Because Gerard Mayo took, you know, took over as from the defensive coordinator to the head coach. I don't know. But that's a team that was mentioned earlier in the year. So maybe maybe you wouldn't write them off. My Mac Jones isn't going to be long for that no, spot. No, ba- you know, Bailey Zappi isn't going to be their guy. I don't know if they would rather choose Bo Nix or Michael Penix or Jaden Daniels or somebody else, but maybe them. So uh, that was Adam Schefter on a possible deal involving Justin Fields. Then there's the possible deal of Caleb Williams if he would say, look, I want to play in, in D.C. I don't want to play for you. Not saying that that's going to happen, but that, that was a lot of the gossip that we've talked about in the last week. And, and this is Schefter regarding a big haul that the Bears would get if the commanders would want to trade up one spot. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't even know what you guys have discussed as potential compensation. Uh, but to me, it's at a minimum of two once. Start there. Minimum. Yeah, because Yurko and, was like throwing at us like a third, like because it's only one spot. We said, screw no, that. that like, that you get matter. the world. Yeah. That, that, I don't care that it's one spot. It's, it's one spot for one allegedly generational talent. And if he is what people say, and you love him, and you are the Bears, and you're giving up the right to go pick this guy for whatever reason, then, then you're going to be and should be compensated. So two two possible deals. So, you know, one for both sides. You know, like this is what it's come down to. I Like the, the side that wants Caleb Williams here in a trade of Justin Fields and the people who don't want Caleb Williams here and want Justin Fields back. So that's, that's what you're looking at. It, that's what it's come down to. And wrestle. Yeah. We could have that, which would be the main feature. Would it be Lombardi well, cap or I, would it be... Fields fans versus oh, no, no, Caleb Williams. No. The fans. latter. The latter. No that, question. That's the that's the yeah. main event. Well, also because it, it's Cap a battle and, royale. Yeah, Cap and Lombardi are on the same side of that conversation. So they could strike up a conversation and maybe find out that they've got more in common than they don't. Yeah, they would just shake hands. Like you, I think you said yesterday, there there's a really good chance ten minutes into this that they could end up being best friends. I think they would. Sort of like stepbrothers. I think like, they would. That whole relationship started off in a rocky fashion on Step Brothers. Next thing you know, they were doing, you know, they were doing different, what did they say? We go in the garage, can we do uh, activities? Yeah, we could, yeah, we do karate so in the garage. garage. Activities. So many activities. And do karate in the garage. What's the rules of the Battle Royale? Is that where everyone's in the ring and when you get thrown out of the ring, you're, you're out? out? That is correct. Now, the Battle Royale different than the Royal Rumble. Remember, the Royal Rumble is 30 men, but they enter... Based on a random drawing, I believe the Battle Royale starts with all men in the match at the same look at time. You. I mean, look, you got wrestling knowledge Didn't know over you there. Had so much. Dude, Didn't man. No idea. Uh, from like 9 to 12, it was right there with uh, Major League Baseball Sounds and NFL. Like you stayed up to, <laughs> up to speed with it. A lot of people grew up loving it. All right, uh, we'll take your calls 312 332 3776. And Barstool Big Cat out in Vegas talking about the Super Bowl and some other stuff. That we must get after with him. Is he uh, is he mad about the Bears raising ticket prices? What does he think about that? We'll talk to Big Cat coming up next.